This nation was founded by men of many nations and backgrounds. It was founded on the principle that all men are created equal. Mayday, mayday. Going down. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. Human beings are a disease. A cancer of this planet. Welcome back to the Swerve. This is the Swerve. The Swerve. Welcome back to the Swerve Podcast. For another episode. For another thanks, episode. Thanks for joining us. Um, I'm just going to get it out of the way right off the bat. If you're a first-time listener, this is the Swerve Podcast, and we are three random guys on a mission to understand everything in the universe, one obscure topic at a time. So every week we pick a topic that we don't know anything about, we research it, and then on the fly, during the podcast, we try to figure it out. We like, yeah, we... Uh discuss it yeah what we found researched we do take recommendations so if you do want to reach out to us on any of our socials please do so yeah Absolutely. and uh i'm just gonna this week's topic is fer- the fermi paradox which we will discuss at great length mm. but first we must also discuss our secondary component of the podcast hell yeah going into Absolutely. the in-house mixologist what do you have to say oh well i'm bringing out my big gun mixology skills this week um yeah, so we like to uh, drink a little bit while we do it. Um, I also took a little CBD stuff before to this too, so feeling extra loose. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, today we're drinking some Tempo Gin Smash drinks. Um, like I said, brought out my best mixology skills for this one. They're pretty fucking tasty. They're pretty good. So we've already had a couple of them. So I haven't. We're drinking the what the lint. The lint. This is the Dope. mint lemon. Thank you. I got a lemon mint right now. Lemon mint. It's pretty delicious. We had a grapefruit one, which was good. Oh, I had a grapefruit one, which is <sighs> good. These boys don't like grapefruit, I guess. And no. then what was the one you had? I didn't have that one. I had a strawberry uh, lemon. Lemon, yeah. Yeah, so pretty good. Pretty good. If you like gin, especially, which I'm a big gin drinker. I'm not a big fan, but I can't. It's actually pretty good. Like No, it's it's sweet. It's tasty. It's refreshing. Have, uh, some horror stories with gin, so. As do I, but... I'm a man and I just get over it, so. <laughs> I try to be a man, but I can't get over it. I dwell on it. Okay. So, yeah. No, it's at. it's really good. I, 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 I would from, recommend this. It's, I think it's uh, from Vancouver. It's based so. out of Vancouver, so it's Canadian. It's on the can, which is cool. Um, no, it was really good. What was it? Tempo, Tempo, Gin, Tempo gin, gin, gin Smash. Gin Smash. Highly recommended. Gin Excellent. Smash. Honestly, like a lot of the craft beers we've been having that are canadian based i haven't really liked them so this is a Craft nice beer is tough. A nice you gotta find uh there's certain ones like i'm not big on the hoppy stuff Agreed. yeah i like the loggers are typically yeah. better but yeah no craft beer golden are just... smooth is how it should be yeah i agree i concur but yeah uh, i think we're all in agreement here so should we dive in should we dive in let's just get into the fucking basics right Might as well that. okay well. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try guide us through this because this topic was one that i thought i was somewhat familiar with what the fermi paradox was i figured beforehand. it would be when i was reading it 
I was like, Magnum knows what this is for sure. But I, I was not. I can stop reading. Thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly educated on it. So I kind of thought it was going to be a, a quick and easy topic, but it turns out that it. There's quite a bit. It, of there's a lot to this. There's the a lot old, to this on the old Wikipedia. On <laughs> the old way. <laughs> the so, main research tool for Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to hop right into this basic. So first of all, the Fermi Paradox, it's named after an Italian-American physicist named Enrico Fermi. Fermi. I don't know why I said Fermi, but Fermi. So essentially, if we're going to sum it up, it's a contradiction between the lack of evidence of extraterrestrial civilizations and various estimates of their probability. So to put that in a different way, if you look out, there's... Literally. Do you want me to put it in layman's terms? Yeah. Since you say I'm, it. Since you say I'm it. the layman. You say it. You say it. So essentially, it's to my understanding, Magnum can correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially it's the theory that there is other life based off the prob based off probability with the stars. There's so many fucking stars. There's billions and billions of stars just in our galaxy alone. Mm -hmm. And if you just take 0.01% of that number, there should be life. Other Basically, life. Yeah. Essentially. It's it's the probability. I mean, yeah, essentially what you said it's is one hundred percent correct. It's a numbers game, is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think where the issue then arises with the Fermi paradox is, since there is life out there, why has there not been any contact? Right. For example, if you look at the human civilization, we've sent probes out, we send signals, radio signals, we've literally shot physical objects like picture frames and shit in, into the into universe, just hoping they go somewhere that someone sees it. Right. Amongst our current technology, we have too, and we constantly keep looking for life, and we've never found anything. And the reasoning goes is that if no one's contacted us, and if there was higher civilizations or even intelligent civilization, they would have attempted to contact just like we are. Yeah. So basically, the frame paradox is that there is no advanced civilization. But is there? perhaps. But I mean, okay, I agree. Everything you guys said is 100% correct, but. If I were to lay it out in sequence for our listeners while we're here in the basics, basically this is where the paradox comes from. So we have, just like you said, we have billions of stars in our galaxy. Alone. But there's like hundreds of billions of galaxies. Right. So we have to just think about that. It's not like, you know, it, the universe is so vast, it doesn't even make sense. So there's all these places that have stars that would be similar to the sun. It's ever expanding as well. We all we also know that there are Earth-like planets that revolve around different stars in different systems. This is known. Many of the stars and the planets they're even older than the Earth is, and older than our Sun. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's we know we exist on Earth, right, and we're near a Sun. So theoretically, there's other suns that have Earth-like planets around them. Or not other suns, other stars that have Earth-like planets. So the question is, is there intelligent life that developed on these habitable places? Yeah. And if so, there's so many of them in the universe, why have we not detected anything? Right. Because it doesn't make sense. That's that's the question. So yeah. that's kind of like... So Why kind the paradox of like is so big reason as well is that maybe like in one of these locations, there was a civilization that did develop interstellar travel. And this is, a, I guess, the current step that humans are working on on our own planet. 
and I guess the events are. Um, so basically, if there is interstellar travel, we would have at least seen some sort of signal or yeah. some something to reach out to us. Or if there is on a different plane, even if they did, for example, already go extinct, if they're far enough away, those signals should, should still be traveling to us. That's we right. still should find some sort of evidence that there was an intelligent yeah. higher civilization life. And kind of like what you were saying, like even at our, you know, subpar technology that we have with space travel, even at like a slow, even if we were to travel at a slow rate using like a spaceship that's like current technology you should have been able to travel around the galaxy within millions of years so even if the civilization isn't it doesn't need to like break the speed of light yeah you know speed limit it doesn't need to be like so advanced even if it's just slightly advanced and it can space travel like has interstellar travel theoretically they should have been somewhere because but I mean, like well, you said, if it takes millions of years, we have not had technology. But to the reason that this is important for is years. if no, we have if the said if so the said uh, if, if if the said planet and sun are billions of years older than our own, that means that there should have been life or civilization In on theory, already. They should be ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. So millions of years compared to billions is nothing. So even if they were using even today's level of technology to travel. They should have already mapped out the entire galaxy in those millions of years. Well, and that's yeah, exactly right. what you said. So like I was saying, you have these different stars that have uh, Earth-like planets around them. Some of them are billions of years older than, God damn, our, than our sun and our Earth. So like they've had extremely more time to develop than we have had. <laughs> what was and, that? Envy's just broke his leg. My knee locked out. I had to pop it back in. Fuck. Locked knees, locked jaw over there. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay, so I want to have a a quote from Stephen Hawking, who is one of the greatest physicists of all time. You got to say it in a robot voice. I can't. He was. You're correct. Well, we don't actually know how anything works, so maybe he's alive somewhere in the universe. He's put himself up into a robot somewhere. He's become a part of the collective consciousness that permeates our universe. But anyways, this is what Stephen Hawking says. Quote, the human race is just chemical scum on a moderate-sized planet orbiting around a very average star in the outer suburb of one among 100 billion galaxies. So basically what he's saying with that quote is like, we're a small fish in a massive pond. So where the, the fuck is everybody? We are trailer trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know, so for instance, we're still in the basics here, but... There was a 2016 study that estimated that there was two trillion galaxies in our observable universe. Two so, trillion. Like the Milky Way galaxy that we're a part of has hundreds of billions of stars. So, you know, just in saying that, like hundreds of billions of suns just in our galaxy. Is that what a star technically is? Is a sun? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Or our, rather, our sun is a star. I rather, guess. our sun is a star. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the thing is, also the fucking lava lamp is going. That's sick. It's fucking sick. So sick. Yeah, well, it's just getting going. But what I'm trying to say I'm glad is, it's not broken. So we definitely dropped it. So based on this, <laughs> based on this 2016 study, splooging. <laughs> this is not literally splooging. It. Yeah, it's not the best lava lamp. Well, lava lamp. me and uh, Mrs. Dragon dropped it. 
when we were cleaning. <laughs> so, whoops. <laughs> well, so based on this 2016 study, there's two trillion galaxies. That's a fuck ton. So they're like and each of those galaxies will have hundreds of billions of stars. So, so I mean, that's that's the paradox. There's so much out there. The chances that we're the only life that developed, it just seems so slim. And we'll get into the, right. the equations and shit. But you know what's crazy? So even if we were to assume that, okay, we are on one side of the universe and we have life. Even if there was another life, life form on the other side of the universe, because the universe is constantly expanding and moving further and further away, even if we had light, interstellar like light travel, we would never be able to reach that civilization. Oh, yeah, I understand that. But the thing is, we exist in... Just because called, it's so far away? Yeah. Is that well, it's saying? constantly and moving. It's accelerating it's always expanding. It's because of dark energy. Yeah. So, But here's the thing. I, yeah, I agree with you 100%, but still the paradox is still fair because... No, it makes sense within our, within our own galaxy. It's not even in our own galaxy. And even like neighboring galaxies around yeah, us. It's called a gravity well. And basically any galaxy that exists in a local gravity well... All of those galaxies, at some point, all the black holes that are a part of them, like, you know, we're talking billions of years in the future, hundreds of billions of years in the future, they will all merge at some point. So locally, different galaxies will all become one at some point. So in theory, like you were saying, all the neighboring galaxies, you should be able to travel to them. Like, they're not the ones being accelerated mm -hmm. yeah, no. away yeah. if you're in the same gravity well. Yeah, but... So the universe basically is three-dimensional, means sort of like a sphere almost. So it's expanding in all directions. Mm -hmm. So yes, at the same time at least that we our... we think that's... Yeah, th that's a that. current theory. So in terms of our own galaxy, yes, there are neighboring galaxies which are moving in the same direction as we are. So they technically like will remain as close, if not even closer because of the gravity wells. But then on the opposite side of that, there's also galaxies that are moving further away. Yeah, from they're, us, so. they're rapidly accelerating away yeah. from us. So like we'll mm -hmm. never we'll never reach them. Um, so I just have one quick thing to say. So the Fermi Fermi's name became associated with the paradox there because he was having like a casual conversation in the summer of 1950 with several physicists, mm -hmm. um, specifically Edward Teller, Herbert York and Emil Ko Konopinski. So they were That's walking good. to lunch. Did and they you know the pronunciation? Approved. It's good, man. And they were discussing like recent UFO reports and shit like this and the possibility of traveling faster than the speed of light. Supposedly while walking to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> and then during this conversation, Fermi was the one who suggested, he's like, well, but where is everybody? Or some permutation of that. Like the actual quote, we don't know, but it's something like that. You're paraphrasing, but yeah. yeah. So because he was the one who suggested that paradox uh it just his name stuck with it so that's why right. it's called the fermi but paradox. it is important to note that he was not the first to actually question it there was an earlier mention by constantine Tsiolovsky. okay that was pretty good and it is an unpublished manuscript from 1933 right in which he pretty much noted people deny the presence of intelligent beings on the planets of the universe because if such beings exist, they would have visited Earth. And two, if such civilizations existed, then they would have given us some sign of their existence. Would they have, though? 
Uh, well, well think, hey, we'll get into it okay, at the end here. Okay. If you kind of you just like think, but even think about human civilization, like we're always like trying to find the unknown. We're always trying to go further, reach, reach higher. So even with that, there would have been something. Even they, even if they want to be secluded and they had technology, that technology still gives off signals. Even our our own satellites shoot signals Correct. throughout our own galaxy, our our own right star well, system. The counter to that point would be, how do we know? their technology uses radio waves. Like for instance, if they use neutrino waves, this is something I came across. We've only just built detectors for this. Like neutrinos are like a new, they're in the field of physics, they're relatively new. So it's possible they're using systems that we just don't even know no, about. It is 100% possible. And the thing is, even if they were using technology that we don't yet have, um, by the time that signal did reach us, or even if it did reach and pass us, they continue to send signals. Even if their technology is advancing, like just because they're using technology, it would still give off signals. So that's kind of if you look at like a, like a plane flying, a plane constantly gives off signals around itself. So other planes can detect it, radar can detect yeah. it, and just it can't be hidden. Even if you have planes that are stealth technology, they can still be detected by radar. Like yeah. it's just well, I mean, the other thing too basically works in, in our own knowing. In our own, like I know, for instance, gravity waves were not considered a real phenomenon. Like mm -hmm. they were theoretical for a long time, but when was it? It was really recent, like 2017 or 2018. There was a uh, these this lab, like they have they built this huge gravitational wave detector, yeah, and they, they detected gravity waves. Yeah, including ones from so like they, that they think is from the actual inception of our universe. Yeah. yeah. So like. What I'm saying is there's signals that we're only just now detecting. So we it's hard to say. Yeah, but, but that kind of goes to show too, like those signals are still coming at us. So even though we just built up the technology, we're still picking eventually, them up. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, so if there was a civilization that's far enough away. Eventually, maybe we could. If we did it. get that technology, we could possibly eventually pick that up to it and then know that we're not alone. So I do want to mm -hmm. say, because we did, you did bring up Constantine. Stolkovsky, or whatever the fuck you said. Stolkovsky. He he did one of the things he brought up in his manuscript. Like, so this is before Fermi had the idea. He called it the zoo hypothesis. So I thought this was kind of interesting in that it basically the zoo hypothesis speculates that the reason mankind hasn't been contacted is because they're not ready to be contacted. That's what I was thinking too. Like why? Yeah. Like why? Maybe they don't want to reach out. So uh, yeah. I've actually like I read that and my thinking was if we were to discover life on a different planet and see that they were not advanced, like if they were not if there were a civilization that was not advanced yet, so say they were still in Stone Age, we might refrain from actually going in there and like messing up their own uh civilization. Like their stable system, yeah. basically. But we would still observe them yeah. from a distance. So if there is a higher civilization out there that is observing us from a distance, which, I mean, if we look at some of the videos more recently, like the Tic Tac videos, yeah, that could be what's happening. Maybe they're even yeah. time travel. We don't know, but yeah. we're developing technology slowly and we're acclimating to a point where we can actually perhaps even start detecting that. And then once we do get to that point, whether that be light travel or interstellar, like, or, um, dimensional travel once we get that point we actually might be at that point where 
where we can touch it. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I found interesting before we get more into this Fermi paradox. So the conversation that Fermi had with those physicists, it took place at Los Alamos National Laboratory. Mm. So for those who are uninitiated Mm. in this subject, that's the same facility that Bob Lazar initially worked at. For those of you who don't know who Bob Lazar is, well, you just don't fucking know. Bob Lazar. And now you know. Yeah, Bob Lazar, president, 2020. Except when this episode comes out, it probably won't be 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 2021. So I do want to say, though, like when they were having this conversation, Fermi actually did like a series of rudimentary calculations. You know, he's just like based on this amount of stars and this amount of Earth-like planets, like what is the likelihood? And when he did this calculation, he concluded that we should have been visited many times over. So it just adds to the paradox. It's like, why the fuck haven't we been contacted? We right. should have been. If the techno- if these other life lives have yes. the technology, we should have been tired. Ah, um, I also want to say Fermi actually died of cancer in 1954. So four years after the paradox was first discussed. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's he was only around for a little bit after that discussion. Okay, so how about we get into... A little bit more in depth into this Fermi paradox. Like, start spouting some numbers and shit. I got some info we can get into. Let's hear it. Okay. So, like we said, kind we kind of alluded to in the beginning. Basically, our Milky Way galaxy. So, this is the galaxy the Earth is a part of, and our Sun and our solar system. There's 200 to 400 billion stars alone in this galaxy. So that's like just think of that like two times ten raised to the eleven. So it's a fucking lot. Now. Hey, fuck ton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In our observable universe, there's 70 sextillion stars. So that's 7 times 10 to the 22. So it's a fuck. There's That's a fuck. Lo- also, sextillion. Good name. Good name. And the chances that the universe has that many, that's fucking funny. That could have been any, you could have called it anything. Could have. But it's sextillion. Sextillion. I mean, hey, this sort of podcast. We're here for a good source. time. <laughs> and that one big tit guy is losing his fucking shit right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just one big tit. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go sextillion on those big titties. <laughs> okay. So essentially, even if intelligent life occurs very, very rarely, there's still is a good chance that there's a large number of civilizations out there based on the sheer scale of the universe. That's one of the fundamental principles of the paradox. Just off the the scale. Yeah. Just based off the numbers that you're spouting out. Yeah. Like the chance, like there has to be one. So if you think about it, so one way of looking at it is say we're the only thing in the universe. That means one star out of the 70 sextillion stars that exist in the universe, just one of them had a planet around it that life emerged on. So do you, that's option A or option B is. There has to be there's more. There's other, yeah, there has to be more. So even if it is option A, and when you think about it like this, and when people complain about not getting something or bitch about how bad their life is, if we truly are the only ones, 
we are one of sex tillion amount. Like you are for sure the top one percent. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You're right at the top point like zero 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 one percent. Yeah. So don't complain. Uh, Be happy. If it is option A, I'm saying. <laughs> well, Stop there is other theories that say there could be life out there, but it could be like comparing a human to algae. They just yeah. could not be advanced far enough well, to be gonna, able to actually. I was going to ask so, that too. Like, are we maybe looking at it or thinking about it? Like, you know, when we think like extra, other life, you think like alien, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm getting at? Like, yeah. maybe it could be something totally different. It could be. That has already made contact with us. Well, yeah. There's so recently, many theories. Well, you finish what you're saying. Most uh, recently, actually, they found evidence of life on Venus or was it? It's news to me. I think it was on Venus. So they, they found a... Uh, a square-like object. Oh, it's one of those. It was it was actually pretty big though from yeah. from the view. I've already lost interest. Moving across the planet, and and they've they've been tracking, so it actually goes around the entire planet. So they don't know if it's like a asteroid or it could be something else, but it's in the shape of a cube, basically. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But NASA has repositioned several uh, satellites <laughs> to actually take a look, like, so more closer looks at it. So yeah, I, I just yeah, I know that is interesting. I just want to linger on this for a second because the fermi paradox really it has to do with a concept called the mediocrity principle um and this is like a philosophical notion that it basically says if an item is drawn at random from one of several sets of categories it is more likely to come from the most numerous category than from any one of the less numerous categories and that makes sense if you compare it to our situation so if we're the only if, if life, if you put it in a category, right, is it more likely that we are the only civilization to have evolved since the inception of the universe? Or is it more likely that because we know we exist, there must be other categories of life that are evolved similarly to us? Or is it just it, we can't just be the only one that would go against the mediocrity principle yeah and that makes the, sense to the me mediocrity. so the rare earth principle or hypothesis is what they use to argue against that's the counterpoint to the principle the mediocrity principle yeah. so which, isn't the mediocrity principle essentially what we've been saying yeah okay it's saying there's nothing unusual about the evolution of solar systems earth's history the evolution of biological complexity human evolution like nation state building this is just a general process of how life emerges and how civilizations become yeah. developed. And the rare earth yeah. hypothesis, which is a rejection of the mediocrity principle, argues that the origin of life and the evolution of biological complexities, such as sexually reproducing multicellular organisms on Earth, required an improbable combination of astrophysical and geological events and circumstances. So basically, it was like one in a billion trillion or whatever the hell number you want to use situation that had all these perfect events aligned to actually start creating these multicellular organisms, which evolved into humans eventually. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So if I, if we were to sum up the mediocrity, like that's a counterpoint to the mediocrity mm -hmm. principle, but to sum up the mediocrity principle, it's like given earth life probably typically exists on earth like planets. And we know that there's many of these. Because there's yeah. 70 sextillion stars well, out there. So many guys. I mean, have... so we have taken pictures of planets that look like Earth from further away. 
and some of them do have like a bluish tint to them with maybe a darkish tint as well on there and scientists automatically assume they hypothesize that hey they have forests and water at least on that planet so in terms of life there could be so they must have oil Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll segue next. There could be say. higher civilizations there, but even if there isn't, hey, that, that could probably sustain life. It probably has oxygen and that's it has trees. Trees are a form of life. Yeah. Well, if it had Elsewhere. trees, that would be life and we would be yeah. losing our shit. Well, they they've like I said, they found planets that are have a dark and like bluish tint to them, right. and they've assumed that hey, this is the same distance from the sun as Earth is. Yeah, the Goldilocks zone yeah. is what they refer to and as. And they just assume it. Okay, well, we think that this is forest yeah, and water, speculation, basically. Yeah. Right. So kind of like like what you were saying, like, oh, they have oil, let's go get it. That's kind of what ties in next to the Fermi Paradox. Is like, it's going to be like fucking Avatar. Well, no, given... <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. No, we know intelligent life, we seek to overcome scarcity. Like, we're always trying to find resources. We need more resources to expand. So it's reasonable to assume that an advanced civilization would seek to find more resources to sustain their civilization. In order to do that, once you've exhausted your planet, you got to move to other planets. So based on that theory, you would expect an advanced civilization to not stay stationary, but to expand. So that just ties back into the Fermi paradox. Is like, where the fuck are they then? If that's the case. So this is also true, mm-hmm. but I do have a counter thought to that. Basically, so we we are constantly learning, evolving, and we are looking at better ways of utilizing energy where we use less and less resources. So for things like that, if there was a higher civilization, maybe they even surpassed the point where they needed to use natural resources, and they're using some other resources that they can make in abundance so let me tease something i have a theory that i'm going to say at the end of this podcast that will change God, such a tease everything you slut and what <laughs> you just said might tie into it slightly and it's going to be nuts it blew my fucking mind we'll have to probably do a whole topic on it one day i also have a, a theory as to okay how it could have, and we're actually so this my theory as to why maybe this hasn't happened also ties into how close humans are actually to this yeah. possibility. Too. Okay. Well, we'll get into it. You mean us being the advanced so, life? Is that what you're getting to? Um, well, we'll get to us it. Us being advanced life and not utilizing resources that would normally be utilized by humans. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So one of the things is... The other thing is, like, you would expect there to be artifacts of different civilizations, whether they have probes or signals or something. Like, even if the civilization didn't expand and, like, conquer, for lack of a better way of putting it, you'd expect to see some kind of evidence somewhere Mm -hmm. at some point. Like, I mean, if you think, like, we're talking huge scales here. So, like, humans, you know, we've been around, we evolved, like, what, 200,000 years ago or 100,000, something like that. I forget yeah. the exact number, but we're pretty recent. Um, and technology is even more recent. Like, when when was radio waves a thing? Like, was that like early 1900s or something? Like, yeah. yeah. So, let's just say a hundred years of radio signal. You have to think there's planets in the Goldilocks zone around stars that are billions of years older than us. Right. So they should be so. 
who the fuck knows what developed on these places and it's, that's what's crazy you would expect to see something like a satellite sent out like even if it's crude it should have we should see something somewhere right so even if it's crude it's been out there for like millions some, of years. Some but form of like extinction or something, yeah. right? Yeah, something. Yeah. So if we look at our own current satellites, if the human civilization were to go extinct, all the satellites that are orbiting the Earth would eventually come crashing down to Earth over time. And the reason for this is uh, they, they will just eventually Gravity. lose power. Well, they eventually lose power and they lose fuel to be able to stabilize themselves and pull themselves away from the Earth. And then gravity is constant, so it just keeps pulling them in. So, yeah, eventually we just clear up all that debris. So if there was a civilization that's billions of years old and they had maybe satellites or something up there, probes, yeah. by the time we actually advanced to where we could look out there, everything could have been crashed down to their own planet. No, you're correct with that, but I'll push back on that because, for oh, instance, yeah. a von Neumann probe, the concept of a von Neumann probe is that you create a probe that is able to replicate itself. So you send this probe out, it can colonize if you send many let's just say let's say you're an advanced civilization you send a million von neumann probes out fuck it send them to different planets they hit the planet just like the mars rover we sent to mars mm -hmm. they hit the planet they're able to harvest resources on that planet and create more of themselves and then they spread out again but we don't have a technology like no that I'm, we don't it. have that i'm just saying an advanced civilization a von neumann probe an advanced civilization that was more advanced than us yeah, so uh, they would they would theories. probably send something out like a von Neumann probe, and the fact that we haven't seen anything like that is like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's not like I'm just saying like there are ways that things could be sent without them getting like sucked into a gravity of a planet and like destroyed. Yeah. They're like meant to get sucked in, make more of themselves, and then send out. Yeah. Well, if you look at terraforming rockets, for one. It's pretty much it too. Like they, yeah. they can terraform the entire fucking planet, and those are theories. But if we look at Elon Musk's theory, the way he wants to eventually colonize a planet was he was thinking he's like, why not just blow up the polar ice caps, flood the entire planet, and just literally bombard it until you get enough debris in there. I think we've that talked about this on the podcast. Totally we have. have. We've definitely talked about this before. I, think, I didn't agree with it, and I still don't. But <laughs> I think it's a possibility. Um, it would take obviously hundreds of yeah. thousands of years for that to happen like that, but it's a possibility. So before we talked a lot about this Fermi paradox, how about we talk about, or at least just get through something called the Drake equation, because it highly has to do with the Fermi paradox. Okay. And it is interesting. So this equation was formulated by Frank Drake in 1961, and it's an attempt to find means to evaluate probabilities involved in the existence of alien life. So there's a number of factors this equation considers, and just to put them in like language, it's the rate star formation, the rate of star formation in a galaxy is one, two, the fraction of stars with planets and the number per star that are habitable. That's factor two. Factor three, the fraction of those planets that develop life. Number four, the fraction that develop intelligent life. Five, the fraction that have detectable intelligent life. And then finally, six, the length of time such communic communicable civilizations are detectable. So based on this Drake equation, you should be able to figure out... Wasn't there one also with technological intelligent life? Wasn't that after the fraction that have detectable? Perhaps. Life. But the, there's a huge issue with this equation. We only know the first two factors. 
like astronomers and physicists, they have an idea of the rate of star formation in galaxies just by observing the universe. They also know the fraction of stars with planets and the number that are in that Goldilocks zone. So those are known factors. But the other factors in the Drake equation are completely unknown. We don't know at all. So that's like a huge issue with the equation. But in theory, if you knew all those things, you could detect the, the, a very, very accurate probability of life being out there. So I thought that was really cool. And so this guy, Carl Sagan, which a lot of people probably recognize Carl Sagan's name, um, and Frank Drake, using this idea and using like hypothetical values that they themselves thought might be realistic, they speculated that the Milky Way, our galaxy, just ours, could have anywhere between 1,000 to 100 million civilizations. Wow. However, <laughs> that's a lot. They're just in different however, development phases. However, other physicists, Frank Tipler and John D. Barrow, they estimate that there is just one. Just us. one. <laughs> just uh, yeah. So they're option B. Yeah, they're option B. But I thought that was really cool. Like, if you're just playing with the Drake equation and like hypothetically assigning values to it that you can't know, these Carl Sagan's fucking genius. Like, he's one of the greatest science communicators of all time. Right. And he's like, Hey, between a thousand to a hundred million. That's my guess. I'm going with Carl Sagan. And it's just in the Milky way. We have to, like I said, that 2016 paper predicted 2 trillion galaxies. So 200 trillion more Milky ways in the universe. Trillion amount of stars of stars, not galaxies. There's 76 trillion stars. I think, and then an estimated, at well, least estimated seventy six trillion. Yeah, we are yeah, we'll never know. That could have multiple stars too, but or sorry, uh, fuck, solar systems that could have multiple stars. But stars, oh, okay. yeah. but stars are suns. Yes. Yeah. A stupid thing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn cord. So that was interesting. And then here's another concept. While we're coming out of the Drake equation, the concept of the Great Filter. The great filter is basically the counterpoint to all of this, which is saying there is something that excludes life from developing. So I think you're kind of talking about this envy a little bit. Like one of the great filters would be simply the the emergence of like self-replicating molecules that like so for instance, you know, in the early days of the earth, like yeah. like an RNA molecule that can replicate itself and then somehow accrues membranes and those all of a sudden dna is a more stable molecule than rna so they switch to dna and then you have like these weird cell things with membranes and then they replicate and you get this emergence of you know biological systems so it's a that would be an example of the frame paradox which uh prevents dead matter matter that already exists from giving rise in time to like other expanding yeah lasting life forms exactly uh, so that's like one of the counterpoints to the Fermi paradox is like, there's these great yeah. filters that are just preventing And they it. use the card Kardashev scale. I, I remember seeing that, but I didn't, I didn't look into it cause I didn't understand it. Yeah. Kardashev scale is a method of measuring a civilization level of technological advancement based on the amount of energy they are able to use. The measure was proposed by Soviet astronomer Nikolai Kardashev in 1964. Okay. And it has three, de- three designated categories. Okay, so I do know 
well, we're on this great filter thing. So that's like one argument. It's like, well, things just, there's filters that are unlikely to happen. And that's why there's not life. But then there's other people like this guy, Dirk Schulze Makuk or Makak or Makuk. Machuch. I think it's Makak. It's Schultz Whatever Envy said is correct. Macaque. <laughs> Macaque. <laughs> Macaque. Uh, William Bynes. Yeah, he's a prof- so the first guy's a professor of astronomy and astrophysics and astrophysics, and they argue that like transitions to like oxygenic photosynthesis, the eukaryotic cell, multicellularity, and uh, tool using intelligence are likely common to occur on Earth-like planets given enough time. So they're saying fuck the great filter if there's an earth-like planet this process is probably common our process yes of development yes okay that's what they're saying okay so i thought that was important to mention is just that the idea of a great filter because when we get into the theories at the end here probably be important so is there empirical evidence for the fermi paradox so one we're assuming that there are many habitable planets, and this is something that we can test scientifically, right? Because we can just look. Like, we have telescopes. We can look out, and we can find stuff. So, yes, there are. There are current models that well, predict billions of habitable worlds in our galaxy. Right, okay. We so can there are many potential them. habitable planet, planets. Potential. View. Yes. Yes. And then the second point is that we have no evidence of life. But we also don't yes. have evidence that these planets have life can inhabit life no but at the same time we do not have technology that can view that closely enough we can neither confirm nor deny (laughs) whether or not this is true did you have sexual relations with that woman (laughs) big titties (laughs) big titties so i do know that exoplanet detection it's like an active sub discipline in uh like astrophysics and astronomy so people actually are looking for planets that could be habitable. And like we said, like that's that's true. Like that's a thing that's been seen. So there are these planets and we are not detecting anything. So based on the empirical evidence, the Fermi paradox stands for now. It is a paradox. We don't understand it. Where well, the fuck is it? Haven't they haven't they found or potentially found like water on Mars or like evidence that there used to be water yes, on Mars? Yes. Well there's polar ice caps on Mars. There's also that's frozen like water. It's not only that, right. there's like there's like carved out channels that likely could have been rivers. Yes. So I mean Mars. and that's the next planet over. Right? Yes. That's well, a close they're closer to the sun than us or further? One back. They're closer. So, one closer. Yeah. But so right. we still haven't had humans on Mars yet, but assuming that humans did one do once colonize that, if there was archaeological digs done, that we might find evidence of previous civilizations already died out right i just feel like if it's all if we're seeing evidence like that oh shit okay we'll say this for final thoughts i guess (laughs) keep going keep going okay so they i do want to say one thing so like we've been searching for life since the 60s and still haven't found anything so that goes to the second point that we aren't seeing anything so there's an organization it's called search for extraterrestrial intelligence seti that's what they do they literally look and over decades of analysis, they haven't revealed anything mean- meaningful. Um, uh, what I found was this was really cool. So initially, this group, they were looking, they saw, they were detecting a repeating signal. 
and they thought okay. maybe this was intelligent life and they they called it little green men but it turned out it was just pulsars pulsars apparently they eject this precise repetition of pulses so they thought maybe they found life for a second but it just turned out to be pulsars and that was just a weird tangent that i found on this so but like here's yeah, some things star like if there was an advanced civilization one thing you might expect to find would be like a dyson sphere which is evidence of an advanced civilization trying to harvest a star for energy so you might expect to see like a cloud or like a shell around a star that's trying to absorb the energy because right if you're an advanced civilization if you can harness the power of a star why the fuck wouldn't you true and we don't see them so it goes again we're not seeing anything we're not finding anything well the power of a star yeah well what could that entail that could be anything so based on the dyson sphere they surround the star with like a cloud of objects that are absorbing the radiant energy so like to put it in like a i mean this is there's probably a better way of heat or to say you put a bunch of solar panels literally all around the sun (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a not probably the best way of describing it but hey don't they and they probably get dragged into the sun just from its own gravitational field get down you little bastard you fucker okay but so i'm I'm gonna throw out a little uh little question out here Here. sure he's just gonna fucking knock this over yeah go ahead even if we did have uh so let's for a second assume that we have been contacted that there is extraterrestrial life out there that is of higher civilization and they sent out signals what if, what if the governments of the world are just hiding these signals? What if they think that the common man cannot accept this yet, is not ready for this, so they're just hiding everything from us? Um, so in response to your, is the government hiding everything? Of course the government's hiding everything. I'm sorry, I don't have a more in-depth answer. <laughs> of course. I do believe they had a lot, hide a lot of things. Of course the government's hiding this is one things. Thing I, like, if there was life, like I don't think that people are ready to know that cheers cheers well we I talked say, about this on mm-hmm. one episode like here can i say something i don't think most people are ready to have fucking kids but most people have kids and the civilization goes on so to say people aren't ready to understand that there's extraterrestrial life i just like whatever and what, don't uh, get dumber and the smart get smarter what yes. episode was it where we discovered that they didn't want to announce it because they didn't want the government was worried they'd be overrun with just like people phoning. What? Uh, that was uh, Project Blue Book. Project yeah. Blue Book, right. So yeah, like, and it also occurred with uh, the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters, Nazi Foo Fireballs. Yeah. So should we? Do you guys want to riff on uh, some of the explanations for the Fermi paradox? Absolutely. Because there's a the fuckload. Do you got something better to do? Well, it's going to be a lengthy episode. <laughs> what do we do here? So, okay, so let's just let's just get into one of the most obvious. Extraterrestrial life is rare or non-existent. So this explanation would propose, it would be a solution to the Fermi paradox. It just proposes simply that evolution of biological complexity oh, is man. rare and it's even unique to Earth. So this is like a rejection of the mediocrity principle like we were talking about earlier. It's saying that multicellular life is extremely unusual 
and it requires very, very specific situations. You need a habitable zone. You need a planet with a star with the the right prerequisites for life. Um, you need you need a planet that has like a guardian, so like a big moon that can protect it from meteors, shit like this. It needs plate tectonics. It needs a magnetosphere. It needs chemistry of the lithosphere, which is just the tectonic plates. It needs an atmosphere. It needs oceans. It needs eukaryotic cells. It needs a fucking nucleus. It needs sexual rep- rep- reproduction and a Cambrian explosion. So it's like the chances of all those things happening is slim. All of that together is suggesting that just extraterrestrial life is just rare. That's why, because there's so many conditions. There's so many great filters that you have to bypass for it to happen. It's literally that rare. We are the only ones. Okay. Another explanation is periodic extinction by natural events. So a new life might commonly die out due to runaway heating or cooling of their fledgling planets. On Earth, for example, there have been numerous events where there was extinction-level events. Meteorites, ice fucking ages. volcanoes, ice ages, yeah. So Gamma ray out. bursts. Everything I've Tsunamis. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, one tsunami wiped out all civilization. <laughs> yeah, so events like these destroy a majority of the species that are alive on the planet at that point in time. So I, I guess, in ter- uh, yeah, our terms, the best example was dinosaurs. Um, so these events could occur on other planets. And before we even got to the point where we, we were able to yeah. identify these, they could have already been wiped out exactly. by, by their own star. And will probably all be wiped out too. Okay, so the other thing too, 100%, is even if life is common, intelligence might not be. So you could have life emerge, but intelligence might still be rare. So a good example here um, that I found was, well, even just look at Earth. You have dolphins, you have whales, you have apes. They're all intelligent, but dolphins yeah. dolphins have been around for 20 million years, and they've yet to build anything. Yeah, that's no what I was going to... Telescopes or cars or... So... That's what I was kind of thinking, too. Like, doesn't it doesn't necessarily... Like, we we think intelligent. Like, that's what we're thinking. We're, but yeah, like, intelligent could be so many things. Yeah, like intelligent varies. So, like... You know, like we like to think that it's like the Independence Day, like with Will Smith, like, you know, yes. like those fucking aliens, shit like that. Like that's what in our minds that we're like, an alien has to be super fucking badass because that's what you grow up. Like, especially if you're like a Star Wars or Star Trek nerd or whatever, right? Like you just believe in that. That's what you want it to be cool. You want it to be badass, but yeah you're telling me that there's no fucking like you look at earth there's so we're so diverse with our different lives lives i guess yes why you're telling me there's no fucking monkey on i don't know one yeah. of the sextillion amount of mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the thing well and it makes sense to me like that's the thing there is that but then there's also evolutionary explanations do you want to tackle some of those yeah give just give anything yeah, you so have. basically uh, is nature of intelligent life to destroy itself or conquer oh, right. other intelligent life? Yeah, that's another th- solution to the Fermi paradox. Mm-hmm. Is that just simply right? They destroy themselves. Yeah, they they just in advance use up everything they have and they just they die out. Or another one is if they detect other life, they want resources, they want to expand, so they end up destroying other life. Or right. some other one, a good example would just be uh, like nuclear destruction. Like we could just destroy ourselves yeah. with weapons that we're, ex- we don't understand. Yeah. Um, other 
say we design, we poorly design artificial intelligence, and it's like Terminator style. That's another example that could happen. Sarah Connor. Yeah. But John so, Connor. I always maybe that maybe that's what's happened in other civilizations. I mean, yeah, but with that, even like you would assume that. So if uh, we take that into like into account, uh, machines rise up, they start killing humans because they want to take over the planet. You would think they want to expand as well and see what else is in the universe. So I'm assuming they would keep expanding as well. Yeah, or they would destroy themselves. Why? <laughs> well, because that's that's just one of the. They have the no theories. reason to destroy themselves. They have everything. No, we don't have a reason to destroy to ourselves either. But we're probably going to. But you want everything else that something else has. Well, that's assuming if, Plus if the like, carbon's tax stops us. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Other theories include it is uh, intelligent species, alien species haven't developed advanced technologies, so they're just not developed enough to actually reach out to us. And that goes to like the dolphins, hey? Like, yeah, they're intelligent, so, like, but twenty million they years, the they're intelligent, years? and they don't fucking have cities or anything. So, um, furthermore, civilizations only broadcast detectable signals for a very brief period of time. Yeah, that's uh, that's like it kind of goes to when I was talking about the neutrinos at the beginning. Let's say a civilization, they were broadcasting, but it's a technology that we can't detect. So they, they broadcast and they stop broadcasting, but we just can't detect it. It's like, well, fuck. Like, what do we do? We, we have to well, wait. Yeah. We have to wait until we develop the technology yeah. to be able to detect it. Well, it's it. like in, uh, what was it? Maybe World, that's why we're not World War II so, when the Nazis were winning and then they cracked mm-hmm. the code or whatever. That, that, <laughs> what's that movie? Enigma. Enigma. So what you were Thank just you. mentioning actually ties into the next point, which is alien life may be too alien. So meaning like our mathematics, our technology, our own civilizations, languages of this earth are too mediocre compared to other alien life that's out there that has, say, like fucking communication without even saying, without using sound. They're communicating maybe just through thought. Yeah. So, so. well, that too, maybe they're, but here's one thing, like say, so how we communicate, like we interpret things through our senses. Mm Mm-hmm. So our senses, if you think about it, right, you get feedback from reality. That reality becomes like an electrical signal in your brain. It's not even an, it's, it's like a chemical and an electrical signal in your brain. And there's a certain processing speed to that. But let's say this alien species, their processing speed is, is slower or faster. Whatever they're using to communicate, they've used that communication based on their processing speed. So they might send us a signal yeah. that we, in, it, it's a fair, it's a signal. It's their language or something. But when we hear it, our senses interpret it as nothing. So we wouldn't be able to communicate with them because we're, because we're we like, have sorry, different... that's not American. We only speak American. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's another thing. Like things develop differently. We can't assume the physiology yeah. is going to be the same between the messages. So again, this kind of ties into then if we keep moving on. Uh, colonization is not the cosmic norm. So maybe just because we like to expand, conquer, and just be adventurous, maybe other other civilizations are like, no, we don't do that. Yeah, listen, when I give you this theory at the end here, that's going to tie in heavily, and things will not be the same. Or Is it possible that we're the most advanced? That is one, that is that one, is one, one theory. But that would explain it. We can keep it seems looking unlikely. at this, so... 
Alien yeah, we're species. kind of retarded, but I... <laughs> <laughs> to be politically correct, <laughs> alien species might not even live on planets. They could have already developed far enough that they just live on spaceships and they have constantly death. moving throughout. The they universe. have Death Stars. Those Perhaps. are so easy to penetrate, though. Have you <laughs> ever watched a Star Wars movie? I have. Yes. So how is the Death Star? Not that this has anything to do with what we're talking about. How is the Death Star so easy? How do they just fly? right into it so and they just okay well that opening on the death star is responsible for cooling the entire structure he knows the answer i was uh, gonna say anytime i, I every, anytime i watch a movie that doesn't have a realistic ex, explanation but it's still a good movie yeah it's not the purpose of the film is not to mimic reality the purpose of the film is to teach you something on an archetypal level in your psyche so the story it's not gonna it doesn't need to make sense like harry potter doesn't need to make sense like magic and stuff like the matrix doesn't need to make sense like they don't have to be 100 percent realistic it's the arc it's the, the the structure of the story that informs you how to exist better in reality does that make if what i'm I, saying makes sense i don't understand the point you're trying to make i'm trying to make the point that you don't have to have a good story will teach you how to conduct yourself in life properly, and it doesn't need to adhere to the 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 realistic notions of anything. So you're saying when I build my Death Star, yeah, have more than one exhaust system so they can't just fly. <laughs> I'm just directly. saying, like that 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 seems like a weakness. You're like, why would they build that? And the question, the answer would be, well, they wouldn't. But then you wouldn't have the story arc. The fact that Luke Skywalker was able to exploit that weakness weak, weakness in the system, that's just to move the story forward. It was also intentionally designed like that by the person who made the schematics. Now we're out to lunch. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? The Death Star. The Death Star, that cooling system was in, intentionally designed by the person who made the plans for the Death Star. But I'm saying that they wouldn't have made... Yeah, I know. I the, know. Yeah, so I'm saying I'm saying like I get what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm oh, saying answering it's, his question. Okay, <laughs> I see. Well, we answered in in different ways, but that's fine. Okay. Um. So, so should I keep listing off? Some yeah, of let's just keep going. Let's okay. keep going through some of these. So then we move on to like economic explanations. So there is a lack of resources needed to physically spread through the galaxy. So this could be that the civilization has already used up all its resources on that planet, and they can't actually leave the planet because they. Just don't have the resources to actually do so yeah that's that's right it's also possible that alien species might just isolate themselves from the outside mm -hmm. world yeah. um this might be like a mind uploading thing there yeah. might just be a disinterest in the outside world um it also might be that they get so big they hit a carrying capacity so just because they're advanced let's say you know that's like where Thanos comes in say they get into when we were talking about the gravity wells and outside your gravity well, you can't really get to because it's accelerating away from you faster than mm -hmm. you could get to it. So let's say you conquer your whole gravity well. It's like, well, now you've hit your carrying capacity. Like, what else can you do? You can't. So that might be another factor that yeah. I that's at least in the research. So what do you mean you hit your capacity? Like your care. So for instance, let's say you have let's let's say you have a pond. You can only have so many fish in that pond. Before there's not enough fail. resources for the fish to continue reproducing. Right. Same thing on a cosmic scale. There's only so many resources in a galaxy or within the gravity well that you can use 
before you can't get any bigger. So, right. Yeah. Same. There's concept. only so many. Yeah. Okay. Just, same yeah. thing, just on a cosmic scale. Yeah. So if we keep looking at some economic reasons, maybe it's cheaper to transfer information than to explore physically. Discovery of extraterrestrial life is too difficult. So maybe we just haven't listened properly. So either we don't have the technology to listen for those signals, or we just can't even interpret the signals they are sending to us because we just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. Or maybe we're just number one, baby. So <laughs> as, uh, as Dragon also mentioned, we've only been searching for intelligent life since 1960s. Maybe this isn't long enough. That was me. Or oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, you think I have that information? I pointed to you. I pointed to you, but I said Dragon. So sorry, Magnum said that since about 1960s we've been listening like for intelligent life, and maybe this just isn't long enough. Maybe we need to keep doing this for another hundred years before we actually pick up a signal. Yeah, that's that's. Fair. Um, intelligent life just could be too far away for us to even pick up their signals. Intelligent life may exist hidden from view. So they could be existing right beside us right now, but on a yes. different plane. Um, I am pretty intelligent. Listen, when we get into you guys this final <laughs> theory that I have, you will understand. So perhaps perhaps uh, we're also dealing with a situation where everyone is listening for communication or signals to come to them, but no one is actually communicating. No one is actually developing those signals to shoot out into space. Uh, communication is dangerous. Civilizations may not want to communicate for fear of getting attacked or invaded. Um, Earth, we could just be a shitty species and maybe other civilizations de are deliberately trying to avoid us and yeah, not communicate zoo, with zoo us. Yeah, hypothesis, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, alien life is already here and we just don't know it. We haven't well, acknowledged it yet. This is definitely true. Like, yeah. We've talked That's, about this. That kind of is my list of explanations. Okay. So, one, I have a hypothesis that I want to get into that was by far the craziest shit I came across ever in this research and some of the craziest shit that I've found in my life. In my life. What I came across was, it's referred to as the transcension hypothesis, and it's proposed by this guy named John M. Smart, which is hilarious because he is fucking smart. This is one of the craziest papers I've come across to date, and it, it's a solution to the Fermi paradox with some other implications. And honestly, we should do a fucking topic on this in the future because I'm not going to be able to explain the whole thing right yeah. now. Yeah. But let's let's fucking give it a crack because it is a good one. So the key assumptions of this transcension hypothesis are one, that the universe evolves, but it also develops. These are principles in the universe. And this makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Big Bang happens. You have like a hot mess that occurs. Things start cooling. You get the formation of atoms. You know, the atoms start making molecules, then you get like you get like suns and then galaxies develop. There's an evolution. There's also a development process. OK, so let's just take that at face value. Let's not get super hardcore about it. But if that's true, he's proposing. Therefore, we should assume that civilizations both evolve and develop. And he calls this the Evo Devo idea or concept. 
and take that. And it makes sense to me. Like things evolve, they both evolve, but they also develop, which is cool. So the other thing that he brings up in this paper is the idea of convergent evolution and that this might apply on a cosmic scale. So convergent evolution, to just put this quickly, it's the evolution of disparate species to adopt similar traits. So for instance, insects, if you have, say you have an insect that lives on a lake. Okay. okay. So it's adapted to a lake. They tend to develop appendages that have fins just as say a mammal that lives in water, like a dolphin develops fins. So you have a mammal and an insect. They're not related at all. Mm-hmm. closely on an evolutionary scale but they develop similar traits mm-hmm. or say a bat a bat's a mammal but you have birds that have wings and bats have wings they converged to have the same trait but they're completely different evolutionarily are bar- birds not mammals no they're not no why because they lay eggs yeah. Okay. So I'm just or use an insect in that example. Then insects have wings, right. but also birds have wings or bats have wings. They're completely different on an evolutionary scale. So he's saying the same concept probably applies to a cosmic scale, meaning if you have us, we're an advanced civilization. There's probably other advanced civilizations that probably get to the same point, although they are different. What They're not going to. What if there is another civilization out there, but the only difference is they lay eggs? <laughs> <laughs> well, that that would be in his argument. It's convergent. So he's saying civilizations, they tend to develop. Okay. And there's yeah. this idea of convergent evolution. They're going to hit the same point. And I'm going to explain what that same point is in a second, but there's a couple other things I have to get through. So he's saying intelligence at the leading edge, it's likely to increase density, productivity, miniaturize and accelerate because this strategy is the most efficient and he calls this stem compression so stem compression refers to space time and energy and matter compressing and the reason for this is that you have limited resources right so the smaller you can get the less resources you have to use two the smaller you get the faster processing speeds you have meaning you can compute things quicker um, so he's saying overall this, this stem compression happens and he's saying all advanced civilizations probably undergo this process of stem compression, just like the convergent evolution. We see species do this. The same thing applies to the stem compression. Are we tracking this right now? No. Are you? No. I'm confused. Okay. Let's, let's step back then. We have to Okay. So out. you're saying that the smaller you are, the quicker you can react the more processing you can have. Like think of a think of computers. Um, in the fifty or whenever the fuck it was, like IBM, they have these huge computers that are like the We're size of buildings. Yeah. yeah. And now we have the same. We have far greater processing power in a fucking cell phone. Well, so things are getting smaller. What that computer could do. Correct. So that's the concept. It's things start huge and they get small, because the denser you get, the quicker. The, the more efficient the processing can be. So I'm just trying to relate this to the Fermi's paradox. So are we saying that species are getting smaller? Yeah, that's what I'm... He's saying... Ad, no, not species. Advanced civilizations seek stem compression 
because it allows them to be more efficient, more productive. So is that possibly why we haven't been able to track them? Because they're this like this is micros- what we're getting. This uh, is what we're getting. This is what we're getting too. We're getting to this. Yes, bye. Yes, he's okay. baiting us. But he's saying this is he's, <laughs> he's saying, setting himself no, listen. up. Listen, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So he's saying he's saying an advanced civilization is going to seek uh, it's going to it's going to downsize. Basically, instead of going outwards into the universe, it's going to get smaller because that's how you get more intelligent, because you can be more efficient with your processing and computation speeds like Ant-Man. No, well, maybe a little bit. But I like to think of it as AI. Say you make an AI system and you have this virtual intelligence, basically that virtual intelligence doesn't need a body like it can just exist small correct mm-hmm. sure yeah. okay so we're tracking that that's good okay so at some point you can only get so small so the stem compression will end when structures analogous to a black hole emerges and what that means is what a black hole is it's a very very dense mass so it's so dense that it weighs a fuckload, and that's why it has so much gravitational force Okay. So he's saying as a civilization, if we're going through the stem compression, the space, time, energy, and matter compression, at some point you're going to hit a point where you're analogous to a black hole. You're so dense, the, 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 the intelligence of the system, of the civilization is so dense, it's, it's literally analogous to a black hole. What does that word mean? Oh, uh, like... It's not, the, it's not the same. It's similar, but not the same. Like a bat's wings are analogous to a bird's wings. So you're they're so similar, but they're not the same. So small. So you're I don't so understand dense. why you're so dense that you're the same as a black hole. You're so small. You've miniaturized your civilization downwards because that's how you get quicker at com- computation. Mm-hmm. That's how you get quicker at because that's what the intelligence is you need to be able to process information and the the smaller you are the quicker you can do yeah i get that so but you're saying it stops working eventually can only get so small because of the black hole because you can only get so dense oh so there's a limit yeah that's why okay so it'll stop at that point now here's what's crazy so he's saying civilizations are going to seek to miniaturize and I mean, it is it is crazy because let me just I'm going off tangent for a second. An atom, the size of an atom, which is like nothing. To the Planck yeah, scale, nothing. There's so many orders of magnitude between the two that we don't know. There could be things smaller than atoms that exist that we just wouldn't even know about. They're too small. Hmm. So he's saying According intelligent. The, so there. Okay, go on. He's saying advanced civilizations through the stem compression process are smaller than atoms. Yes. They're closer to the Planck scale. So that's why we wouldn't be able to trace because our technology is so shit. Yeah. Or so like he, we there could be intelligences among us we wouldn't even fucking know. Watch. But this is where it gets... That's not even crazy. That's one thing that was cool. What he's saying is... Okay. So, sorry, between the atom and the Planck scale, there's 25 orders of magnitude, which is ridiculous. It's it's insane. But here's the thing. Once you get to this small point, he's suggesting that these civilizations will seek out black holes, 
And the reason they're going to seek out black holes, a black hole, it's so dense. It's such a dense piece of matter that it has huge gravitational forces mm -hmm. because it's, it's so heavy. So like light can't even escape a black hole. That's how heavy it is. It pulls in light. So he's saying you can use these black holes as like a forward time travel device. So say you're an advanced civilization, you've gone through the stem compression, you've miniaturized, and you're now this like singularity intelligent being. The size of an atom. Even smaller. You'd be like this, it'd be like a synthetic, it wouldn't even be like individuals. It would be like a singularity, you know, like say when AI becomes a thing and singularities hit, you'd hit that singularity and you'd be this small fucking thing. Now, when you're this small, advanced you intelligence, you can't ripped apart by the black hole. Then, no. Well, you could be ripped apart, but he's suggesting at that point you're going to have the, enough knowledge of the universe that you could seek out a black hole and not be destroyed. That's mm -hmm. an assumption of the theory, but let's go with it. Okay. So, if you're an advanced civilization locally, you've only got so small, and you've processed everything around you. Like you've learned about everything you possibly can and you're so small, you can't do anything more. So what do you do at that point? You seek out a black hole to use it as a time, forward time travel device. When you, get, oh, my goodness. when you get near the black hole at the event horizon, if you can get there without being destroyed, time accelerates because it's an extreme time dilation. Remember we were talking about in... Uh, what episode were we fucking talking about this? I thought at a black hole, the time moves. The Donald oh, Trump no. episode. Yeah. Remember we were talking about time travel in uh, the Donald Trump episode? That's that's similar to this. So, like, you if you can come to the event horizon of the black hole, time basically, like, just goes to the end of the universe from your perspective because time's relative. Mm -hmm. So when you're at the black hole, it's extremely fast. So what that means you're going to merge with other civilizations that are present in the universe or within your gravity well. Hmm. So you're an advanced civilization that got super small through stem compression. You've learned everything you possibly can because you're the most intelligent thing that can exist locally. So you seek a black hole to fast forward time because, right, things yeah. over time, everything comes together. The black holes merge and the universe kind of ends. But if you're at the black hole and you fast forwarded time, all that shit just happens. And then now that intelligent civilization that used to be the way the fuck over there, that one that used to be the way the fuck over there, and that one that was way the fuck over there, you meet them all at once. And you can swap ideas. Create a new universe. This is where the next thing gets crazy. So are we on the same page on yeah. this? You okay. get to that point. And you're an advanced civilization, or not even a civilization, you just be an advanced intelligence at this point. And you're seeking other advanced intelligences, so you go to the black hole, fast forward time, and you meet all the other advanced civilizations. At that point, you can now trade knowledge, because what they were doing over there and what they learned over there, it's going to be different than what you learned over here. And what that guy over there was learning, or that intelligence, is going to be different than what you learned. So then you swap knowledge and you become even more intelligent. How dare you assume that intelligence is male? <laughs> <laughs> and if we weren't canceled already, we are now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so this is what's crazy because like 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 okay so i mean scientists estimate that it'll take 10 to 100 billion years for the black holes to merge but if you could just get to the event horizon that'll just be instant for you and you'll just meet everything in your gravity well so when the black holes emerge what does that mean like that means that the universe is ending but simultaneously, if you're an advanced intelligence or civilization, you'll meet the other advanced intelligences and civilizations in the universe. So it's like the end of civilization when they meet? It's the end of <laughs> Technically. time and space. As we know it. But. But. but oh, my goodness. This yeah. is, this I opened is, up a whole can of worms, didn't I? <laughs> so this is what happens at this point. At least this is what the theory speculates. So there's physicists that hypothesize that cosmological natural selection is a real thing and that black holes might be seeds or replicators for a new universe. What the fuck? This guy, Lee Smolin, he's a physicist that proposes this idea. He's a proponent of this. So let's take his theory at face value. Let's say black holes do exist as a replicator for the universe. You're an advanced intelligence. You've sought out a black hole. You've now met the other advanced intelligences in your local gravity well. You've swapped knowledge, and now you have the opportunity to replicate a new universe or multiple universes with the new knowledge you know. So you can create a better, more adaptive universe at that point, and the whole process happens again. But it keeps getting more and more advanced. But it keeps getting more and more advanced. And that's how the fucking universe works, according to this hypothesis. That's pretty fucking crazy. Holy shit. Isn't that fucked? I obviously need to go through some stem compression here, because I can't compute this as quick as you guys do. I'm scared. I'm confused. Let's go through it. Technically, we could be in that scenario already where we're that... We're, we're trying to advance to that yeah. point where we can actually go there and meet our creators yep. and yep. then exchange yep. knowledge and create a new one. Totally. Woo-wee. Fucking nuts. The swerve. Well, if you think about it, humanity, what do we do? We build tech. We build technology. So we're Okay, let build... Dragon catch up here because okay. I'm fucking lost. Yeah, let's do okay, What the fuck are we talking about? Like... Okay, let's put it this way. So we know as humans we advance technology. Like we, we have cool cell phones. Yeah. We have cool internet. Yeah. The next yep. step, we're gonna build artificial intelligence. Right. So you're gonna have you're gonna have a synthetic organism that's gonna be smarter than us because it can just compute things faster. That synthetic organism eventually is gonna be like a singularity of organisms that are synthetic, and they're gonna seek to become smaller because as if the, the, if the goal is to advance knowledge and intelligence, you have to become smaller because you become more efficient at processing information. So let's just put it this way. The simple example, let's say you have a wire and it's a foot long. To mm-hmm. send a signal between the wire, it's going to take time. But let's say you have a wire now that's smaller than an atom. It's going to take way less time to send the signal. So you get smaller right. because you get better at computing things and the more you can process and compute the more intelligence that entity is whatever it is it's going to be a synthetic thing that we can't even imagine so then basically what it proposes is we're going to get to a point where we're small so small and so advanced technologically that we'll it won't be, even be us though it'll be or a synthetic future civilization will be so advanced and so like knowing that we'll be able to enter a black hole without being ripped apart and destroyed by the black hole and once we enter that 
all these other civilizations from across the universe or from our own gravity well, which is the galaxies neighboring us, mm -hmm. they will have entered that at some point as well. And we'll all meet. Yeah. And once we meet at that point, we'll be able to exchange information with all these other civilizations. And then through that, we'll be able to create a new universe with better technologies, better adaptation, better evolution. It's just better in every way. What if they all just meet and like crack a Bud Light? <laughs> hey fellas we made it so oh, sorry hey guy oh i can't even say that god damn it <laughs> the proposition then is that once this exchange information happens and the new universe is created that a new civilization will rise up and achieve knowing and they'll be smarter Total because domination. they're already in a better universe yes and then they'll enter a black hole as well and the other civilizations who also were in a better universe will also enter being smarter and they'll create a new, even smarter, better What universe. happens to the stragglers? And it keeps going. Well, they cease to exist. So in the black holes combine the intelligent life. If you didn't make it, you didn't make it. Well, what do you mean? Fake it until you make it. Well, once you hit the black hole, there's the time dilation factor. So once you're there... Essentially, you see the entire universe end before your eyes as that advanced intelligence. And if no one else got to the advanced intelligence that your civilization did, they're just not there. Yeah, You're the only you. one. But given the mediocrity principle, we would assume that there is other advanced civilizations. So when you hit that point and you fast forward the universe... You're going to encounter the other advanced yeah. ones. So even if you're in there and time is moving so fast around you that you're basically going into the future. And then when you're into the future, the other civilization is still advancing. So by the time for, for you, it might seem like seconds, minutes for them. It was billions of years. Yes. They will have already developed far enough where they can actually enter the black hole yes. and, and exchange information with you. Correct. Oh. Right. <laughs> so... To me, that blew my mind when I came across this. It's called the Transcension Hypothesis, uh, proposed by John M. Smart. He is so smart. Oh, my God. SMRT. It blew my mind. So here's – can I just give you an example of, like, how this would yeah. work? So, like, what I was thinking – you were like, oh, we're probably already in this, right? That was one of the assumptions we made. You found that guy? And I was just, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, in my own life, here, here's how I'm thinking about it. So we know – civilization is advancing technology we're going to have artificial intelligence soon that artificial intelligence is going to make a singularity and etc cetera, etc cetera. and i was just thinking like we might be in a universe right now that's better than previous versions like we might be the thousand the, the, like the one thousandth iteration of this universe we're just like our universe is more capable of hitting that stem compression than the previous ones and our whole life, we think we're making these decisions, but we're really just an optimized version of the past universe that makes it more likely we're going to hit that stem compression and hit the replication of, for the next universe. Yeah, that was my thoughts too. Isn't that insane? It is. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. That's just one of the I found. It, it's a solution to the Fermi paradox. Uh, one. Because instead of things expanding, they get smaller. That's why we don't see them. That's why we don't see them. And two, because they're small and they're replicating, it's like a whole new system. Right. 
So should we grab into our final thoughts then? Or was I think that we should? Okay. Was that your final thought? No. It wasn't. So that was my solution the to the Fermi is, paradox that I found. Do we believe in the Fermi paradox? Do we think there is extraterrestrial life out there? Yes. Yes. Or do we believe that there is none? That it's just us? No. I believe Dragon yeah. start us off. I uh, I'm going to go with the the theory that no, I believe. I'm going to go with option. What was it? Option A, where something's got to stick. You know, if you throw a dartboard, a dart out there, you got to eventually you're going to hit something type of thing. Um, I just think that possibly we're number one. I'm thinking that. Like, oh, so you're going with option B? No, that we're just, we are maybe more the most advanced. Oh, so you think we're the only one? No. I think that there's other life out there, but I just... You think we're the most advanced? I just think that we're the most... Possibly. I mean, fuck it. I don't know. I could totally be wrong, but... Um, well, it's either that. It's either that or the zookeeper theory, where they, where we're not advanced at all, and they're, they're waiting. Yeah, they're waiting. They're waiting. So I definitely believe that as well. But I also think, like, like I was mentioning earlier, like, we've... Uh, you know, we got it in our heads so much that it needs to be some fucking badass super alien or whatever that I think that if you just, you know, you take out the Hollywood, the, you know, what you think and you just believe like, okay, like, like we talked about, like, well, like there's polar ice caps, frozen polar ice caps on Mars, you, you know, like there's stuff we know. So like just the numbers alone and the chances there has to be something. It might not be advanced. It might not be computing at our level, or maybe it is, or maybe it's way, way more advanced. But I'm just going to think like there's some sort of life form that's just hasn't reached that type of technology. Like at the very least I'm saying like, that's like, that's the floor. You know what I mean? Okay. Like that's like the absolute there's, that's gotta be a thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they just haven't gotten there. Like, like envy said, like even just like, algae or like bacteria like that's a form that's a life form. Uh, they've been around for right so that's my thoughts like i think years. i believe it i think it's true um of course i want it to be the fucking badass independence day fucking aliens well maybe not that where bad. we have to fight for our lives where we have to fight planet. us will smith will save us <laughs> in will west smith philadelphia retired, <laughs> born and raised on the playground he's fucking retired he's not to help us so, uh, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I believe it for sure. I'm thinking though that we're, we're number one because humans are pretty advanced. Okay. Like we're kind of Merca. Merca. <laughs> you know, like there's a, humans have a, a, a really good drive, I think like in the grand scheme of things. And I mean, we're, we are kind of dumb as well, <laughs> but, okay. um, I don't know. That's my thought. Fair enough. I'll go next. I'll keep my brief. Um, I believe there is intelligent life out there. I also believe that we don't have the technology yet to reach out to them or even look at them or even interpret the signals they may be sending to us. Not yet, anyways. I think within the next, I'm going to go out and let me say 50 to 100 years because we're very close to AIs, though we'll be able to actually interpret some of these signals and look further and actually observe intelligent life elsewhere. 
within our own galaxy. That's it? That's it. So I was going to be brief. Okay, so the Fermi paradox is 100% a real phenomenon, like like I, like we said. We know that there's habitable planets. Yeah. We know that on the scale of the universe that it's likely that there could be life, but we haven't seen anything. So the paradox is real itself, as far as, I can, as, far as I'm concerned. My we, personal opinion... We haven't found it yet, but I mean, most males out there haven't found the clitoris either, so I mean... <laughs> <Zing>. <laughs> Myself included. <laughs> but so, it's a yeah, thing. It's not advanced enough. So my fiancé tells me. We've heard about it. We've heard about it. So I, I am 100% bought into the transcension hypothesis because it is the most interesting, elegant explanation of universal evolution and development that i've come across and i just like how it's formulated and it makes sense to me the fact that we're developing to a point where we're going to make ai ai is going to hit a singularity that singularity is going to seek to advance its own intelligence which is going to involve the stem compression once the stem compression hits a certain point it can't locally be any more advanced than it already is it's going to seek to meet other advanced intelligences and the easiest way to do that is using the black hole fast forwarding mechanism and then according to this lee smallin guy at this point uh, uh, you could replicate a universe i don't know the physics behind this but if the theorists think that this is possible i'm gonna go with it do you know what I, that's I fucking cool just in addition to, to cool. your thing kind of hopping on there is Current scientists and theorists believe we're about 20 to 40 years from AI, AI development. So once we do have AI development, in that time, we should be also able to have the technology to upload our own consciousness into machines. So eventually, maybe, hey, we'll be like 70, 80, 50, 60, whatever years, but we might be able to actually see the end of that. Yeah. No, it is. How cool would that be? It is really crazy. That would be cool. Be cool though. And like, yeah. here's here's one more concept before we get off this. With the transcension transcension hypothesis, say you're an advanced civilization. This ties into the Fermi paradox. You're not going to want to seek out other advanced civilizations because if you do, you're going to teach them how to be more like yourself. So you're going to decrease diversity yeah, it could work against you yeah for sure so say you seek out other civilizations and then at the point when you merge you all know the same shit there's no way to advance the next universe because you all know the same stuff you're clones so there will probably be a moral imperative as an advanced civilization or intelligence to not seek out other civilizations for fear of tainting them to being more like yourself and if they're more like yourself you're not going to be able to gain more to get, knowledge at the merger. Get, they're going to get the same results, yeah. They're so maybe that's a, a solution to the Fermi paradox as well. Could be. And I thought that was interesting. So Could be. there's a I, lot of uh, open-ended humans questions here. We do not here. have that gene. <laughs> we do not have that characteristic. Not yet. Not well, yet. I guess it kind of wraps this up, so tell them about our sponsors. All right. Well, first and foremost, let's thank Sidestepping the Sun for making the intro and outro music to the podcast. As always, they're a Canadian rock band. Um, Canadian rock band. And uh, what else do we think here? Oh, yeah. Official wine of the podcast is Raven Conspiracy Wine from the Okanagan Valley in the BC. 
It's a smooth red. It's my favorite fucking wine. Uh, we drink it occasionally, except Dragon can't find it. I can't find it. I still so, can't find it. I've been looking every time. That's I fine. Go. That's fine. That's fine. But we'll shout them out. And then lastly, El Yucateco hot sauce, the king of flavor. Flavor Flav. The Get best daddy. hot sauce. You throw it on anything. No calories. So if you want to, you know, spice up your food uh, without uh, worrying about gaining weight or anything, throw it on. Goes well with eggs, goes well with steak, goes well with fucking craft dinner. And, and El Yucateco, if you're listening to this, I have three new customers who are continuously buying your product <laughs> other than us. <laughs> Coworkers. <laughs> so basically you owe us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So for those of you who have tried the El Yucateco hot sauce and would like to help us here at the Sword Podcast, please just Tag us on Instagram or Twitter and let them know that you heard about their product through us. That would really help us out. And once we do get some loving from them, we'll definitely share that. Starting with our Patreons who have been majestic in their support. A good, that's podcast. a good description. Majestic. They have been majestic and they are majestic. For those of you who would like to, you know, let us know your comments. If you have critic, critical, uh, creative feedback if you have any comments questions concerns please let us know on instagram twitter facebook reddit youtube we're everywhere for those of you who would like to show your support in other ways consider joining our two majestic founders first to fucking donate on patreon satan <laughs> loves me and they're humpy Joe. Joe. I was about to use his Humpy Joe. I was about to use his real name. <laughs> founders, <laughs> founding. Oh, they are founding fathers of giving us money. <laughs> so join them, and you can do so in two tiers: one dollar tier, slap that ass, or sorry, ride that wave, and the three dollar tier, slap that ass. <laughs> hey, ride the wave. You hey. will get exclusive episodes never before heard. Strictly for our Patreons. Strictly. If you slap Absolutely. that ass, the $3 tier, you will as well get uh, exclusive episodes. On top of that, you will get early access to all of our shit. You'll get main episodes three days early and our postwords five days earlier. Like, God damn, what a fucking deal. You what also get raised shoutouts. Like, hell, you will be a fucking legend. Immortalized. Yes. For the rest of fucking time through the Sword Podcast on yes. the post surf. <laughs> but hey, if you don't like prog, if you don't like fucking Patreon and you're just like, fuck that shit, you can also buy us coffee at buymeadupcoffee.com. Yes. We yeah. will take that one dollar you donate and we will buy fucking beans. We'll Three grind dollars. them down. We'll make additional coffee, up to 20 cups of coffee <laughs> to keep giving you crazy ass shit. We need the coffee to research. We do. Also, you can support us on OnlyFans. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> Where you might get a dick pic from Dragon, <laughs> some big old titties. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up, sign me up. Yeah, Mister Eight Eight Eight. If you want big tits, <laughs> yeah, big dicks. We'll, we'll support, us, only support us on OnlyFans, please. <laughs> no, but seriously though, we really do appreciate all the support we've been getting. It's been a godsend, just knowing that people like the shit we're putting yes. out there. So continue to do so, you know, tell your parents, tell your brother, your sister, your mother, fucking tell anyone it's who's cool. going to listen. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to see. It's cool Don't to see even just, uh, I know it like, it's not a huge numbers on the grand scheme of things, but yeah. 
for us, it's huge. It means a lot. Like Absolutely. we're a small, wholesome. Let us know your thoughts. Grassroots you reach pod, out on social so. media. You can get I mean, suggestions. At the end of the day, what's three dollars? Additionally, mm, you probably got that sitting on the floor of your vehicle. Join somewhere. us for the post swerve. Yeah, join us for the post swerve. I guess Absolutely. on that note, slap that ass and ride that wave. <laughs>